We hope you're enjoying the Mutual Audio Network. Stick around, there's much more to come. The following audio drama is rated PG-13, suggesting that children under the age of 13 should listen accompanied with an adult. Facing the vision of a drowned woman, Dr. Xander Crow has found himself trapped in the mysterious town of Wormwood, a prisoner within the old house atop the hill. Now, as secrets are revealed and horror becomes undeniable, sinister new shadows have begun to creep across this strange town, lost forever at the crossroads of darkness and fate. Welcome to Wormwood. Episode 1, One Month Later, written by David Acampo. Evening, Deidre. Evening, Tom. Coffee? Yeah, anything that isn't decaf. Like you even have a choice. Whatever's come out of the can, that's what's in the pot. Sounds good to me. Fill her up, Dee. You out on patrol? I guess. Whatever that amounts to these days. I'm the Sheriff of Wormwood, as my deputy keeps reminding me, and yet I I seem to have no idea about what the hell is going on in my own damn town. Hmm. Still sore about Crow, huh? Well, let's see. An unbearable Englishman storms into town looking for a dead woman, and then the bodies start piling up. Does that seem normal to you? And he had nothing to do with it. Look, I know you like the man, Dee, but come on. I think you and I both know that there's a certain kind of shadow over Wormwood that was here long before our friend Crow arrived. Oh, maybe. But if you'll recall, Lamora Haskell confessed to me that she watched Crow kill a traveling salesman. A confession that she quickly recanted before disappearing. You and I both know that girl ain't right, Tom. And then, to top it all off, I find Crow holed up in Phineas Tibbert's house. And old man Phineas is dead. Well, I'm not saying that it's not a bit bizarre, Tom. Although, who's to say? I think it's even more interesting that Phineas had bequeathed his house to Crow months before Crow even arrived in town. Yeah, it's the damnedest thing. Oh, we live in strange times, Tom. I don't think you can beat yourself up over it. The sheriff can only do so much, and you used to know that. Maybe. Look, I just can't shake the feeling that I I still have no idea what's really happening here. What? Well, what does Lynette have to say about all this? Huh? No, she's just oblivious to it all. She's so wrapped up in the library in her little book club. Honestly, it's, it's, it's better that way. She shouldn't concern herself with all the the crazy business we've seen in this town. Especially with what happened to Hank Mason. Oh, that poor guy. His arm ripped off like that. How's he holding up, Dee? I don't know, Tom. I... Hank hasn't been around here at all since the accident. Really? I figured... Oh, I don't know. I guess it's like you said. Sheriff can only worry about so many things. If I see him, I'll tell him you asked about him. Yeah, thanks, and, and I'll, I'll do the same. Listen, Tom, my door is always open. I'm always willing to lend an ear, if you need someone to talk to, I mean. Wormwood, she's an odd little town, but she's our town. 
And I mean to keep it that way. Thanks, D. I'll keep that in mind. Now, if only my deputy were so understanding. You see, Jonesy, I may only be the deputy for Wormwood County, but I truly believe that law enforcement is a calling. Another cup of java? I suppose. Eager to finish the pot? Mmm. Tastes like sweet justice. Huh? No. Oh, uh, I, I just want this coffee reserved for the officers of the law who take their role seriously. The less dedicated officers can slack off at Deidre Frost's diner. It's a fine cup you brewed here, Wayne. No doubt about that. But I'm fairly certain you can't actually deputize me. Well, we'll just see about that. Someone's got to take care of business around here. Not to mention the fact that I'm really not partial to either uniformity or authority. But beige looks good on you, Jonesy. You'll have to shave the beard, though. Mustaches are okay. I'm growing mine out, see? Irene thinks it's macho. When it grows out, it'll be a fine specimen, Wayne. Now, if you don't mind, can I take my dinner break? Deidre usually throws out the leftovers around this time, so if I can make it over to the dumpster behind the diner, I think... Jonesy, the first thing about being a law enforcement officer is that you can't still be a bum. Need I remind you, the chosen nomenclature is hobo. Whatever. It's done and gone, Jonesy. I believe our agreement was that in return for my allegiance, my lifestyle choices would not be called into question. The agreement was don't ask, don't tell. And you just told me you were going dumpster diving again. Fine. Can I have my dinner break now? I'm gonna go pay for some overpriced dinosaur. All right. But, Jonesy, don't wear the uniform if you, you know. Deal. Can I take the squad car? No! Uh, I'm taking the car. I've got a patrol up around the old Tibber place. See if Dr. Crow is still lurking up around there. He's got to come out of there sooner or later. I don't buy the whole, I'm trapped, spiel he's spinning. What has it been now? 30 days? 30 days trapped in this delightful little bed and breakfast of the damned. But no more. This is the day I escape from the house that Phineas built. You hear me? Phineas! I hope your ghost haunts this decayed mansion with dust and water stains and the dreadful floral wallpaper peeling from the walls. So... I hope that your ghost can hear me prattle on this one last time. My friend, I have devised a plan. We're escaping today. Yes. You know, you're the best, don't you? You're my favourite. I can't believe that I found you. Hold still. I'm just painting the last of the ruins onto your little nose there. Yes, that's it. Okay. Let's fire you up. Music of the revolution, the sweet sound of freedom. <laughs> no, no, no! You've woven your mystic wards into the very foundation of the place. 
Oh, this isn't over, Phineas. Not by a long shot. Oh, I do hope your consciousness still resides within these walls, as I have a great number of colourful words I plan to share with you. Life is as peachy as ever, isn't it, Crow? Talking to a dead man trapped in a house with an artefact of supposedly unimaginable power, and yet powerless to leave. Sparrow, Sparrow, Sparrow. I do hope you find your way to Wormwood soon. I just hope I haven't made a dreadful mistake with who I've sent to find you and bring you to me. Ego precor vos per isvutalamen, redimo letales. Quad ego mos persovo trebuntum in vestrinone. Ah. You're a slippery one, girl. There's no place left to run. Sparrow. What? The name is Sparrow, you big mope. Nobody calls me girl. Least of all a big dumb ox like you. Oh, now that's just asking for trouble. You just bought yourself a world of height. Seriously. <laughs> Are you guys for real? Who writes your dialogue? What's she saying, Carmine? She's saying we're cliché, Vincent. Well, that don't seem exactly fair. I mean, what are we supposed to do? Put on some kind of airs or something? Look, can I just break her legs now? Marino says we bring her in unharmed. I don't think so. Shut up, you. I don't think you have much choice in the matter, young lady. You should have ended that sentence after, I don't think. You calling us stupid? Father! Oh, now she's just making up words. Hey, hey, what did you do? I can't move. She stuck us here. Hmm, now maybe you'll be a little nicer. Vinny, can you still reach your piece? Uh, yeah. Well? Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, crap. Come with me if you want to live. Who the hell are you supposed to be? Jimmy Details is the name. Rocking out is the game. Except when I'm saving damsels in distress. And then that is the game. Except it's not a game, is it? It's, it's calling. It's like I'm a guitar-wielding hero on my steed. You're riding a scooter. Truth, as they say, is in the eye of the beholder, my lady. Beauty. You certainly are. No, 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 no. Beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Indeed. Now hop on. Uh, yeah. Thanks, but no thanks. Play out your fantasies on someone whose IQ is smaller than her bus size. Uh, wait, wait, Crow sent me. What? Yeah, he needs your help. <laughs> There's a surprise. Seriously, the dude's majorly tripping because he's trapped by some kind of spell in Phineas's house. And, and save it. Come on. How fast does this thing go? Excellent. We're going to Wormwood. I didn't say that, Polly Shore. But that binding spell, it's only temporary. I only had a rat to sacrifice. What are you talking about? I'm talking about not getting shot. Now go! Go! Hells yeah! Brunhilde, sing for me, baby! How cute. You named your little scooter. Every warrior needs his maiden. Enough talk. Let's ride! Come on. Come on. Should I call a cab? Wait, wait, wait. I'm feeling it. All right, let's ride! Are, y- 
I swear to God, Carmine, she's more slippery than a cat. You mean an eel. They're more like a cat. The expression is slippery as an eel. Yeah, well, she seemed more like a cat. Cats aren't slippery. They're soft and furry. Well, it'd be slippery if you, you oiled it. Why would you oil a cat? So that it could escape more easily. Oh, Christ, forget I asked. Listen, we gotta call Marino. Yeah, well, it's your turn to make the call. But you're the one who lost her. I did not. She pulled that mojo crap on us again. Yeah, but you had her in your sights. If you want such a lousy shot... Look, I thought we weren't supposed to kill her. Well, you could have raised her like it. I, I think it'd be all right if we shot her in the kneecaps or something. I think the boss would have been okay with that. I don't even want to know what Don Marino's gonna do when we come back empty-handed. Again. Yeah. I don't know. I heard something about him contacting some kind of specialist. I just gotta say, Tony, I'm starting to wonder about Don Marino. Why is that? Ever since his daughter died, the guy's just been... I don't know. You see how he locks himself up in his study all day long? But he ain't crying. He just reads books and makes phone calls. And let's face it, things haven't been the same from the moment he brought in Crow to deal with his daughter. She was possessed, it's true. I seen it myself. That was not Amanda Marino, Alonzo. I remember one time the boss had us tired of the bed for a week, you know? And I had to bring her food and water. I brought her some fruit. I thought she was asleep, so as I set the tray down next to her and... She starts to laugh. Laugh? Except it wasn't really a laugh. It was more like a growl uh, deep down in her throat, this uh, clucking sound with her tongue. I looked down and she was staring at me. Her, her eyes were just these glossy white slits. That's freaky, man. But that weren't the worst of it, see? She started talking to me. It was a low whisper. She was licking her lips. She was saying stuff that I didn't even understand. I started to leave and she called me by my name. I was playing it cool, you know. I say, I'm sorry, Amanda. Can I get you anything else? And then she starts swearing at me, calling me names, calling my mother. Bless her soul, these awful names. I can stand being called names, seeing as I'm hooked up with this outfit. But you don't talk about a guy's mother like that. So I told her. What did you say? I said, don't talk about my mother that way. You don't know her from nobody. And you can't disrespect her like that. Ballsy. Talking to the boss's daughter like that? I know, I know. Just kind of came out. What did she say? She was quiet for a minute. She started to laugh again, and then she says, Antonio, your mother was a whore. She slept with men for money. That's why you don't know your father. She wasn't sure which one to blame. She didn't fall from the window when you were seven. She threw herself out of it to escape the shame that her bastard child liked to bed down with men. Oh, whoa. Tony, are you gay? I mean, because I'm okay with it, you know, but it... No, no, I, I mean, that's when I knew whatever it was. It wasn't Amanda, but she'd never, you know, make up stuff like that. Damn. Yeah, I didn't talk to her no more after that. Just got in, got out. Some of the other guys told me similar stories, too. Stuff no one should know. No one would say. Exactly the things the devil would say. I believe it. I never really believed in the devil before that day, but I do now. There's some things that just aren't natural. Evil. Yeah, evil. That's what it was. You could feel it, couldn't you, Alonzo? The first day I got here, it was cold. But not like it was just drafty, like most big houses are. 
No, I mean, there was a chill. My grandmother would have said a curse. And then that Dr. Crow guy arrived that day. Yeah, Crow. Came out and it all got crazy. But I gotta say, and I'll never repeat this, you understand, but kind of glad it's over. With Amanda, bless her soul, it's, it's better that she's gone. The whole house. It's warmer. Yeah. I ain't saying nothing. So, you hear about this new guy? The Haitian guy? I seen him. What's he like? Creepy. Tall, dark skin, bald, wears these red gloves all the time, smiles at you like he's gonna devour you, you know? Like he's got too many teeth in his head. I don't know, man. I thought we were done with all this crap after Crow. This guy sounds like just another freak. Hello. Oh, Jesus! Where the hell did you come from? Mister, it's, uh, it's Mr. Carrefour, right? I am here to speak with Mr. Marino. Yeah, yeah, uh, please, sir. Uh, the boss, uh, he's been expecting you. Uh, follow me, I'll take you to him. Thank you. You need anything, sir? Water? I'm, I'm, uh, I've been told to treat you like a respected member of the family. Boss, uh, Mr. Carrefour here to see you. Hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bring him in, Tony. Hmm. Tall, dark, and handsome, eh? All right, Mr. Carrefour. You know what you've been called here? Indeed. You find yourself at crossroads, Mr. Marino. Caught in this space between this world and this spirit world. This man you seek, this Dr. Crow, he walks in both worlds, and it makes him rather difficult to catch, does it not? He's a murderer, and he's a charlatan, that's what he is. Kalfu stands at the crossroads of the night. He knows of this man Crow, and he is very displeased with his actions. So why ain't I talking to this guy, then? Why am I wasting my time with you, Carrefour? <laughs> Califu is powerful spirit, Mr. Marino. He would not speak to any man, even one of your stature. But he speaks through me. Do you understand? I am but a vessel. I am Bokur. Do you know this word? Look, whatever you are, I don't care. Look, I, I just want him gone. You understand me? I want him wiped off the face of the planet. You can do this. You put some kind of a whammy on him, huh? Whatever it is your spirit does. We have a common interest, Mr. Marino. The Loa, the spirits, will seek out Crow and his companion. He will be eliminated. Yes, yes. Look, I don't care how you do it. I just want it done. So, what happens next? I accept your payment. I believe you have my Swiss bank account information. Yeah. Excellent. Your offering to the will of Kalfu will aid in our quest. Now, tell me about your daughter, the one who died at Crow's malignant hands. So, Mr. Mason, tell us again the name of he who caused the death of your beloved. Dr. Xander Crow. Yes, the new guardian. The one you sought to replace the old man, Phineas Tibbert? I had nothing to do with that. Will you do whatever it takes to wrest the object from his control? Whatever it takes. Good. Good. Then we will swear you into the circle. Raise your left... Lynette! <laughs> I'm sorry, Mr. Mason. I almost forgot. 
I guess I don't need to tell you which arm to raise, since you've only got one left. Just get on with it, Lynette. He paid the price for his allegiance to the False Guardian. He knows this. It's why he's here now. Hank Mason, do you hereby swear to serve the Order of Swords in our aim to gain rightful possession of the lost artifact, in fulfillment of the prophecies handed down from Abraham Griffin and the demon Orneus? I do. Welcome to the book club, Hank. We're reading Faulkner this week. I'm baking lemon squares. <laughs> How do we get the object from Crow? All in good time, Hank. All in good time. Crossroads is produced and distributed by Habit Forming Films, LLC, and features the cast of Season 2 characters. Arthur Russell as Dr. Xander Crow, Sonia Perozzi as Sparrow and Rachel Nolan, Scott Olenek as Jacob Kidder, Rob Grindlinger as Sheriff Bradley and Cedric Bloomington, Coralie Nickars as Deidre Frost, Joe J. Thomas as Hank Mason and your announcer, Dave Johnston as Wayne Drexel and Jonathan Kidder. Anna Maganini as Lynette Bradley and Peggy Nolan. Cheyenne Besides as Lamora Haskell and Sister George. Zachary Folks as Brent Saunders. Andrew Ramirez as Dexter Nolan. Peter Dirksen as Jonesy and Jimmy Details. And introducing Nicole Rayburn as Harmony Barrister. Additional voices provided by the talented cast. Original music compositions by Todd Hodges. The Wormwood writing staff includes David Acampo, Jeremy Rogers, Jeremiah Allen, Rob Allspaugh, Tiffany K. Whitney, and Rick Beta Jr. Wormwood created by David Acampo and Jeremy Rogers. Copyright 2008 Habit Forming Films LLC. Wormwood is a serialized podcast drama and cannot be distributed in part or whole outside of the podcast format without written consent from the creators. For more information on the cast, creators, and individual episode credits, please visit www.wormwoodshow.com. Thank you for listening, and welcome to town. Sweet justice. You're listening to Tuesday Terrors on the Mutual Audio Network. Tomorrow is our weekly anthology for science fiction and fantasy as Lothar Tuppen brings you Wednesday Wonders. Subscribe to the full Mutual Audio Network feed for every day of amazing audio or find the Wednesday Wonders feed in your favorite podcast player. And thank you for listening, everybody. The Mutual Audio Network. Listening and imagining together.